Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Union Chapel this morning. If you've joined us online, we're thrilled that you've uh, chosen to be with us. We're so glad you're here. We are uh, going to exercise a little more casual approach this morning. We have some friends from Asbury University and some uh, other friends who are going to share some of their accounts of what happened to them as they immersed themselves in the move of God there just last month. Uh, Dave, Dave Schnacki and Janelle have uh, been part of our church in the past. Dave now has a position with One Mission Society out of Greenwood, Indiana, mission agency there where he actually serves on the campus of Asbury University. He disciples students there and introduces them to missions around the world. Pretty cool job, right? And so uh, we're thrilled to have them back and uh, leading four of these uh, Asbury University students who experienced the move of God there on beginning on February the 8th on a Wednesday morning and continued for the next 15 days. About 50 to 75,000 people from around the world visited Wilmore, Kentucky in those days and experienced a, move, a special move of God. We want to hear their, their stories and hear their accounts. And I just want you to know that all morning we have kneeling rails set up here and you're welcome to come and pray anytime. Altar is open to seek God. I want to encourage you to do that. We're also baptizing folks at the end of our services today. 22 baptisms today in our three services. Isn't that great? Wonderful. Very excited about that. So Dave, come on up. Uh, you may be seated and give Dave and these students a nice warm greeting. Great, thanks. Keep that one. Keep that one. There you go. We worked on that really hard, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us this morning. Um, Union Chapel is a special place to us, Janelle and I. I mentioned in the last service that um, this is where we received premarital counseling as a young couple learned how to parent our kids. Um, Gosh, this place has had such a formidable uh, spot in our, our lives, and I'm just thankful to Greg and Beth, just the ministry here, for what you all are doing here in Muncie, and um, been a part of our ministry for many years as well. So just thank you so much for this opportunity to come and share with you guys. Um, as Greg said, uh, our lives were uh, interrupted in a beautiful way on February 8th. Um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just falling upon Hughes Auditorium. And uh, it was a regular chapel, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, my friend, uh, Zach Meerkrebs, he was preaching and I, it's funny, I was reading one of his posts, but he texted his wife after he had been preaching his sermon. And he said, honey, I, I laid another stinker. It was just not a good, not a good sermon. And then sure enough, as the gospel choir was continuing to worship, Students felt the power of the Holy Spirit fall upon them and they decided they wanted to stay and they wanted to linger in his presence. There's a desperation and a yearning for his presence and, um, and it just began to just stir and stir and then more and more students started coming back to the chapel, which ended up in almost over two weeks of, of continuous worship that drew in 50 to 75,000 people. They literally had to close down Wilmore, the town of Wilmore, 
um, and turn people away because our streets were so full. Um, I walked out and looked at my yard, and there was like 15 cars parked in our yard. <laughs> it was really, really, really good for the grass, but I didn't care. We just didn't care. We were so glad to see people there. I want to just, just give an overview of some things as I've been talking with students and as I've been talking with staff members. Um, I, I have the pleasure of being a volunteer adjunct staff member um, in my position there. And, um, and just oh, Asbury University, their leadership team, they shepherded this so well. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of a group of people who just are seeking what the Lord wants to do and keeping Jesus the center of everything. And so um, here's just a couple of things that um, kind of are key things that stuck out to me about this revival. Number one, this, this revival came about because of prayer. People have been praying for revival for many years. Um, in 1970, there was a revival. And I think soon after that, um, there were people beginning to pray, saying, Lord, we want another revival. Um, there have been groups on campus praying and asking the Lord to, to, to revive our hearts. And, um, and so for la- at least the last three or four years, I know of many groups on campus just praying for this. So it was cultivated by prayer, I believe. Um, students led this revival. Gen Z really were the ones that um, were ushering this in and were central in all of this, this move of God, which is um, just so encouraging for someone who has been working with NextGen um, to see this generation finally just stepping into, um, into what the Lord has for them. And this was a, a revival of holiness and healing. Students are tired of what they've been told from the world. They're tired of the lies of this world. And I think the world is, the people of our nation are tired of, of the lies of this world. So this was a response, a desperate response. Um, it reminds me of the people of Israel in bondage and just crying out to the Lord, and the Lord heard their cries, and he knew their pain and their suffering. And it reminds me of the, the lady with the issue of blood, just reaching out in desperation just to touch Jesus. Um, we were met with a sweet spirit. I, my first, on the first day when I was there, I sat for three hours in the balcony, just watching the students and just being in God's presence. And literally it felt like 10 minutes went by. Um, you did not want to leave the presence of God. His love was overwhelming. We were bringing our junk to Jesus and he was receiving us with love. Um, I, I can't explain that to you. That's crazy love that he was meeting us with all of our stuff and just the love that the response was not chastisement was not judgment, but it was love. Um, this revival was characterized by radical humility, unity, diversity, pure worship. Um, at one point I looked out over the crowd and there was every tribe, tongue and nation represented. We had people from Singapore, from Indonesia, um, Brazil. At one point, they hung a, a flag of Brazil from the balcony. Um, it's just a, a fascinating thing. And then Jesus was central. The gospel was central. And the altar was open. The altar was open. And I think that's something I've been seeing in churches now more and more. The altars are being opened again so that people can come and consecrate themselves to the Lord. So um, I brought some students with us. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and share just what the Lord did in their hearts and their lives and what they experienced as well. So I'm going to turn it over to them. 
Hey guys, my name is Olivia Parsons. Um, I'm a sophomore at Asbury and I'm an elementary education major. Um, and so I guess I'll just start by talking about um, that Wednesday chapel service. Um, it was literally a regular day. Like I woke up and was looking through my agenda and like, okay, I got to get to this today. I've, I've got all this to do. It was a really busy day. Um, and we're required to go to chapel. So I went to chapel, got to get my credit in. And um, so we're sitting there and worship was great. And the, the message was good, but it wasn't anything like crazy radical or life-changing it just it was just another normal chapel service and um as the gospel choir kept singing they were like if you want to stay you can you can keep worshiping and so i was like okay well i don't have anything to do right after this so i'm gonna stay for like one song two songs and so that's what i did um and and i left uh it, it was there were a lot of people there but i think the busyness of the day kind of got in my mind and I was like, okay, I got a meeting at this time. I got to do this. And, and so I just left. Um, and it was crazy. I started getting text messages. My roommate called me. She's like, Olivia, you've got to get here. You've got to get here. This is crazy. I'm like, okay. So I start walking over and there are people literally running up the chapel stairs. I'm like, what is happening? So I walk in, I've got my backpack on. And as soon as I opened the door, it was like, Holy Spirit just like slapped me across the face. Like, I don't know any other way to describe it, but it was just like, oh my gosh, I need to get in there. Um, and, and so I find my friend, I'm like quickly walking down the aisle and I just drop off, drop my backpack. And it was just like, in that moment, it was like, okay, like, I'm here, and, I, and I'm here for good. Like, I've got class at three, I'm skipping it. I don't care. Like, I'm here. Um, and, and so through that time, I think really what God's been speaking to me about is um, how entitled I've become to his grace. Um, I'm a pastor's daughter, so I grew up, church was watching me. They were watching what I did, and I felt like I had to perform and fit into these expectations of you know, I read my Bible all the time and I do all the right things. And I think somewhere along the way, um, I lost sight of what his mercy and grace really means. Um, and I became more concerned about performing for other people rather than performing for Christ. And um, so I'm having this moment with God and I sit there and I, I begin to pray. And I'm not somebody who like has ever had like visions or anything like that. But in this moment when I'm praying, it was such a vivid image um, of Christ and he's on the cross and the nails are getting driven into his hands and he looks at me and he says, Olivia, you did this to me. And his cross falls and I go with him and then we raise up into this place and I, I still can't figure out words to describe to you how beautiful it was. Um, I think about Switzerland, like I guess that's the closest thing, like the most beautiful place you've ever seen. And we're there and he, he pulls the nail out of his hand and it becomes a key. He says, but Olivia, this is yours. I've done this for you. And um, I'm still trying to figure out what all that means for me. Um, but I think it's such a good picture of who God is. Um, I think we take for granted his sacrifice a lot of times. It's really easy to become numb to what he did and to feel deserving of that. And guys, we, we don't have it figured out. He's, he's the one. He, he's done it for us. And there's no way that we can do it. There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. But he loved us enough and went for it um, on the cross. And because of that, we have freedom and can live in community with him forever. So just as an encouragement and something that I've been learning along the way is really like you don't deserve it um, and you can't earn it. But it's freely given and he loves you so much and he wants to be in relationship with you.
Uh, hey, my name is Malia Crump. I'm a sophomore. Uh, I'm a media communications major, and I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, so, Revival for me was very personal. Um, I have always struggled with my faith. I still struggle with it, but Revival was a moment of just love. Um, I, you know, I went into chapel just like any normal day. Wednesdays are usually my very, like, busy and long days, so I was very tired, and I just, you know, I was going to peep, just put my head in there and just see what it was all about, and I did not leave until 3 a.m., uh, <laughs> and I had to be up at 6, so it was... I just had no intention of staying that long, but, you know, when you're in that space, the Holy Spirit just washed over me, and I was just just consumed with love, and it, it was just very healing, and, um, you know, I, I just cried out to God at night. It was, you know, 3 a.m. Everyone was pretty much gone, going to bed. But I just, like, stayed in there, and I just cried out to God, like, I want a relationship, but I don't know how to have a relationship with you. And, you know, the next day, I went back into chapel, and I just went up to my friends, and they just prayed over me and just loved me and supported me. And it, and I just, he broke down walls that I didn't even know I had down in that moment, and it was just really healing and really the only word I can say is just love. God is love. And that really has just been the main thing that I've taken away from him, that he is a friend, that he is here and that he is love. So So my name's Friedrich. Um, I'm a finance major at Asbury sophomore. Um, So one thing is it's a little bit different about me than these guys. So I don't actually go to chapel on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have to go um, three times a week typically, but I have an internship. So I didn't, I didn't get to be in that chapel service on Wednesday. Um, but I remember coming back from work and it was getting later. Um, and, and I saw something, I think it was on Instagram. Um, people are still staying in chapel, what's going on? And for some context, I think every Asbury student maybe has it in the back of their mind, you know, 53 years ago or whenever it was, 1970, they had a revival uh, that was pretty famous. But to me, I was always like, there's no way it can happen again. It can't happen again. This won't happen again. Um, And I think all of us had a little bit of that. And so I'll just say this before I even get into it. Like, just to know that I had this sense, we serve the same God that Moses served, that um, Adam served, that Jesus serves and is. Uh, And to see him move in that way that I read about for so long, but see it in a tangible way and feel what those, what Moses would have felt or what um, David would have felt or any, that's, that's pretty cool. And for us to just be able to be here and, and serve that God that we read about is pretty special. And for him to be here today is just awesome. But anyway, so I'm going back and I remember I get back pretty late and I'm like, there's no way people are still there. Like it's over. And part of me was like, I want to go, but then it, you know, 10 turned 11 and I'm like, it has to be done. 
Um, so I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I, I remember I look at my phone and I think it was actually on this guy's Instagram. It's like three o'clock in the morning. People are still here. God is moving or something like that. And I remember, and of course it was eight. So I'm like, okay, it's gotta be over now, right? And I'm like, I really missed something special. I missed, I was supposed to, you know, God had something for me and I missed it. So I remember I go to my eight o'clock class and it's a finance class. There's like six or seven guys and the teacher. And we usually have a devotional every morning. And this, this morning was pretty special. He brings out a guitar. He has a guitar case. He opens it up, puts it on his table and says, boys, uh, there's some things in life that happens that you just can't describe in words. And um, 16 years of formal education, I've never worshiped the Lord in class like that, but he gets out his guitar. It's all acoustic. We all sound terrible, but it's just, we sing as the spirit is moving over the waters, spirit come move over us, come rest on us. And none of us really knew if it was still going on. Um, and then our 925 professor comes in. So our next teacher, and she's like, guys, I just heard what's happening. Um, I don't want to keep you guys. We'll make this up. You guys just go. And so the boys and I, we go and um, I remember we get in there and first we're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, this is pretty awesome. And then I just remember, and, and someone described it, I stole this from someone else, but um, it was like a rushing water drawing you in. But when you got in there, it was like a still calm water. And it was, you know, it was restful. Uh, it was peaceful. It was sweet. Um, and it was really joyful and and really just cool. It was fun. I mean, just, I couldn't get a smile off my face. I still sometimes can't get a smile thinking about it. Just see my classmates in that room dancing, um, singing, praising the Lord. And you just knew this is special. This is something a little bit different than we're always used to. Um, and to have that going into my life as a, as a flag in the sand, you know, God is real. No matter what happens, I know he touched me across those two weeks and he touched a lot of other people and his tangible presence in that place was pretty amazing. Um, and another thing, I'll just tell you kind of how he worked through me and he worked through me in a lot of ways, but um, I struggle with pridefulness a lot. So I'll, you know, and I think our generation does as a whole, we care a lot about what other people think about us. We, um, you know, we care about following our passions or do what makes you happy, blah, 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 blah. But him showing me, um, that to be in his presence is fun, it's amazing, and he's my friend, and he wants to hang out with me, um, and that this is the good life, and I'm not losing any, anything by maybe looking more towards him than my passions, or looking more towards him than, you know, what I want to do, right? That actually, that is the fun life, that is the abundant life, um, and he's worthy of my, my praise and my worship, that, that's pretty cool, and um, I, I, I struggle with it still, but he's he, he wants to hold my hand. He wants to renew me over and over and over again every morning. Um, and so to know that he loves me that much and the work is already finished, but he still wants to hold my hand and get me through this life into the next one, that's pretty special. So, so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, my name is Eli. I'm the fourth sophomore in our group. Um, can I just say that we are very grateful um, to share stories? Every time I hear um, about what God's doing, I just want to share more. Um, so it is our privilege to be here to share with you this morning. Um, I'll kind of run you through what my experience was because 
Um, I'm never going to be the same again. Um, I was in Spanish class in the basement under Hughes Auditorium um, when everything was happening. So I went to chapel and I um, left. And um, in the basement, we could hear everything that was going on up above us. Um, and I think all of us can testify that we had the whole world texting us to go to chapel. Um, all our friends. Um, I had like a dozen messages of people just saying, hey, you need to come to chapel. Something's happening. Um, and we had an upperclassman barge into the room and be like, um, this was Charlie, our friend. And he said, guys, I don't know what's happening upstairs, but you need to come and see for yourselves. Um, so me and my buddy, we looked at each other and we kind of nodded um, and we told our professor respectfully, hey, we can't sit in here anymore. We need to go upstairs and see what's happening. Um, and our Spanish professor is cool. So he, he said, yeah, go ahead, um, go upstairs. And um, when I walked in, I felt the presence of the Lord like I've never felt before. Um, I'm a missionary kid from South America. And I've, I had prided myself on how I have seen the spirit move. But I will never forget, like, the immediate, um, just tangible spirit that I felt when I walked in the back doors of Hughes. Um, it was serene. It was peaceful. It was calming. Um, it was embracing like a hug, and it just drew you in. Um, and from the moment that I stepped in, I knew I didn't want to leave. Um, I didn't leave for 16 hours. <laughs> um, I stayed until 3 in the morning. Um, but so I went to the front to the altar to go pray for a buddy of mine um, and the Lord gave me the most vivid image I'll never forget um, and it's, it was the image of Moses on the mount when the Israelites and the Maccalites were fighting in the valley um, and Aaron or Moses has his arms raised by Aaron and her um, this is in Exodus 17 and I was, I was overwhelmed and um, because, of, because I've never had this, this uh, vivid of an image um, shown to me before. Um, and I had never studied this passage. So I went to a corner and I was crying and um, just speaking to the Lord and praying, like, what does this mean? Like, why did you show me this? Because um, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head. And he said, Eli, this is what I'm raising up in this generation, in this room, in this community. You are going to be the support for my move of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I was like, wow, like, that's insane. Um, that's the only way I can describe it, insane. Um, and he said, that's what I'm raising up in this community specifically is to be that support for what I'm going to do um, and I think we're still seeing the remnants of that with revivals breaking out across the world um, there's a map that of, of a student a friend of mine that made a map of all the lines going out from Wilmore um, or all the lines coming into Wilmore for the revival but I see that map as all those lines are going out somewhere so I don't know what God's doing. Um, I don't think I'll ever know the full extent of what, what we'll never know the full extent of what God has done um, 
specifically within our context at Asbury. Um, but I just praise him. Um, me and a couple friends had been praying every Friday and fasting every Friday for a move of the Spirit since I came into Asbury. Um, and when we started fasting a month and a couple days later, revival broke out. So just to say, like, God can move when you go to him in prayer in your secret place. Um, I Like, after this revival, um, holy cow, I don't want to stop praying because I, I don't see any limits anymore to what God can do. Um, so... I guess that's my encouragement this morning is to just go to the Lord in your secret place um, because that work that, that probably no one is going to see or ever will see, um, there'll be a part of that in the kingdom um, for you. And this revival is a little bit of a testimony of so much prayer that's been consecrated in this one place, um, which is really cool. So thank you for hearing our stories and um, what God did at Asbury University. No. Thank you. Very cool. Eli's been, prayed for a month and two days. Some of us have been praying for 53 years, and so... <laughs> thanks for joining the prayer movement there, Eli. Good job. That's fantastic. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that fun? Um, we also had a number of our staff and other friends who went to Wilmore. Beth and I were in Florida at the time, so we got wind of this. And so I started communicating with members of the staff that, hey, I first talked to Jeff. I said, hey, how about drive a van full of people down there? And so folks uh, were able to do it. And they have some stories, too. Josh is going to come. Josh, come on up. This is Josh Westbrook. He's on our creative arts team. He does most of the design work around here, does a great job. Stacy Ball, I've asked her to come and share. Of course, she and Bob uh, lead Blood and Fire Inside Out here in town. Been friends for 40 years. And I've asked Jeff Hughes to come, our Connections Pastor, and share part of their experience, too. Yeah, um, I was uh, just in a regular staff meeting. Pastor Greg was on the phone from Florida encouraging the staff to travel to Asbury um, because something special was happening there. And I don't think Jesus could have picked a more inopportune time for this revival to happen. I was so busy that week. I think I had a thousand excuses to not go. (laughs) My car was in the shop. I didn't have transportation. I had a million things to do. Um, but um, I'm, I'm in a Wednesday um, prayer group, and they prayed for me. And I, uh, it just became very, very clear that I needed to go. And um, so <laughs> I figured it out and um, thankfully found a ride. And um, it was me, my girlfriend, and Bobby Bennett, um, and when we pulled into um, <laughs> Wilmore, <laughs> the first thing that we see is this line of people. <laughs> and it's 
stretching so, so long. And it's cold, like it's 35 degrees and it's windy. And uh, (laughs) we decide to hop in line because, hey, if we're going to be there, might as well try to get in. So we go to the back and thankfully it's moving. Um, But the whole time, um, there's just a stillness and people were worshiping and praying in line. And um, it just, it felt like, it felt like an honor to be in the line. <laughs> um, it, didn't, it didn't feel like four and a half hours <laughs> that we stood in line. And when we finally got in there, like it was, it was worth it. <laughs> um, there was nothing impressive about being in that auditorium. Um, there were no fancy lights, no production, um, no promotion. Um, it was simply students hungry for Jesus, hungry for a touch, hungry for his presence and for belonging. And, and he met them. He met us there. And I don't have words to describe how healing and how peaceful that experience was. We, I mean, we stood in line all day and I was not tired. I was not exhausted. It was just so much joy and so much peace. And you could just sense the desperation and the hunger and the rawness. People just wanted an experience with Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he showed up. And yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be the same. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was just a life-changing experience and just so cool to see how personal and how specific God was able to work to touch a generation that needs, that needs hope in something bigger than ourselves, <laughs> something that's stable, something that's immovable. And yeah, he showed up. So I was just privileged to experience it. <laughs> I got to stand in line with him. It was fun. And the funny thing is, it was cold, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was so holy. It was holy ground. And it it didn't matter. You knew, you knew God's presence was there. Now, I went for a little different reason. Um, I went for a selfish reason. I was sort of at the end of myself. If I'd had a bad year, we'd had COVID twice. And um, Bob had a little bit of a struggle with the COVID. We'd just gotten over that. And then we had a really serious robbery at Blood and Fire. That was a hard time for us. Um, And then right on the heels of that, then Bob got another diagnosis of cancer again. Been five years. We were almost to the five-year mark. Thought we were good. Wasn't in my mind. You know, this was going to be happen again. And he's not only diagnosed with cancer, but now they say it's stage four. So I'm just, I just need God to help me because I'm tired. We live downtown. We deal with drug houses and just, you know, lots of chaos. And it's like, you know how, when you get to the end of the, you know, you get to the end of your rope and what do you do? You just hang on. Right. But I, what happens when like this fingers, 
And then like, and I'm like, God, I need you to help me. We, we sing of the God of wonder and majesty. And it's like, I need to feel that. I need, I need you to show up in my life because I'm tired. And I know you're the God of power and restoration and healing. I need to see it. And the people I live around need to see it. They need to feel it. So I was like him. Bob, can we go? We've got too much to do, you know? And then, so like, we kind of like, it's like, okay, you know, Bob's tired, had radiation. You know, how can I ask him to go when he's tired? And so it's like, we just won't go. We'll just, you know, I'll just watch everybody else online. And God asked me a question. He said, are you really going to be disobedient and not go? So I call Bob crying and say, will you take me? And he said, yes. So we get in the car at 630 after working all day. We get there at 11. Wilmore. Teeny little town. There's a line. 11 at night on a Thursday. Thursday night, 11 p.m. There's a line to get in. And I tell you, I, like everyone says the same thing. It was holy ground. You could feel it when you got out of your car and even just walked up to the church. You could feel it. And I needed that peace. I just stayed there forever. Like, don't make me leave. We got in, 11.15. It sounded like heaven. I've been a Christian a long time. 40 some years I have never heard that sound before ever this beautiful sound you'd ever hear so an hour and a half later people are singing they're not singing the, the, the whole altar is full full and no one is giving altar calls no one is preaching no one's teaching no one's anything just these Two little sweet little kids are singing. And the place is just singing with them. Someone said that faith-filled voices sound different. And they do. Hungry voices sound different. Desperate voices sound different. So they told us they were going to kick us out of us old folks. If you were 25 and under, you could stay. Old folks had to leave at 1 a.m. That made me mad too. So I'm kind of mad at God. Now I'm mad at Asbury. They're kicking me out. And about, about 1230, I see, and I'm in the balcony, and I see across in the balcony, there's an older gentleman, even older than me. And I'm thinking, why is that older man? There he is. I, I, stalked, it, I stalked him and took his picture. So I have no copyrights to that. Don't know who he is. Hopefully he's not mad at me. But he would stand up. He was by himself. And I'm thinking, look at that older man over there. He's like 1230. He should be home. What's he doing here? He's like, well, he's, he, you know why he was there? He was there for the same reason I was there. The reason we all were there. And he would stand up. Then he would sit down. Then he'd stand up and he'd sit down. And I knew when he stood up, he thought he should leave. But he, he couldn't leave. He didn't want to leave. So then one time, he finally, it's going to be 12.30, maybe 12.45, he stands up. He puts his coat on. And I'm like, oh, he's got his coat on. He's serious. He's going to leave now. And what did he do? 
he sat back down. Because none of us wanted to leave. And I know that's what this, what we felt is like all of the problems went away. All of the division went away. All of your pain went away. And so you don't want to leave that. So he puts his coat on, stands up, sits back down, stands back up. And then he scoots back over and then he would scoot over a couple feet. And then what he would do? I'm like, He's, he won't leave. <laughs> He's going to wait till one o'clock us and they kick us old folks out. But he, fi- he finally did leave. So anyway, I thank, I thank God for showing up for me in my desperation. And he will do the same for you. I felt it again at the Y yesterday. I was having a rough, rough go of it a little bit yesterday. And in the Y, I felt that peace again. So thank, to, thank you to you Asbury students. And I also thank my husband for driving me there. (laughs) When the word of what was going on in this chapel began to circulate, not only around Wilmore, Kentucky, but also various places, I sent Pastor Greg a text about eight, nine o'clock that night. I said, the chapel service from this morning is still going on. What, what is happening? And so he says, well, let's keep talking about that. Man, that, that's, something's up. We get two or three days in and just there's this growing sense that God is continuing to move. People are flocking to this small little city in Kentucky. And God is meeting people in such a powerful way. Josh is right when he said we had one of the busiest weeks for what we had planned here at Union Chapel right during this season. There were all kinds of meetings, couples meetings, four, five, six nights, funerals, on and on and on and on. And so at that point, it just began, well, am am I just going to watch this and just participate in this from afar from, from a distance and through social media or short little reels or clips on Instagram? Or am I going to clear a path to actually make it happen and go? And we did. We gathered some of our Bethel University students, some of our staff. Some had to go up and could only be there for a little while and come right back so they could lead programs. We arrived on Friday February 17th, there was no chance getting into Hughes Auditorium, not, not a chance. The line was down the street, down another street, around a corner, and down that street. Not a chance. So we went into Estes Chapel across the road on the Asbury Theological Seminary campus, just about half a football field away. And the live stream was in that room and it was on a tiny little screen 200 yards away down at the front. And we managed to sneak a couple spots in the very last back row up against the wall of the balcony. And God met us in a powerful way. Somebody's watching online right now. God can meet you in the same way that he met us in the back of that chapel. Some of our Bethel students 
they heard this wasn't a rumor. It was true that if you were 25, you got this VIP fast pass. And so that meant they all got in. So they wanted to leave the chapel where we were at least watching and experiencing and go over across the street. And so we walked over and, and they're beginning to access this lane that'll get them up there. And I don't have a shot at getting in there with them. And so I just take a walk up the side of the chapel. I'm walking up the side of Hughes Auditorium, just taking a breather, just praying, just soaking it all in because you feel like you are on holy, holy space. There's speakers, music is being piped around, people are praying, people are gathering, there's a mob of people. And so I walk back behind Hughes Auditorium and I see a door where there's some volunteers, they've got their name lanyards and they're credentialed and they're going in and they're doing some, uh, some prep work, some volunteer stuff and I keep walking a little bit and then I see a door open and three college kids come bopping out of there with their backpacks and they're just talking and the door opened and it, it hit me. And when there's a line five hours to get into a building and a door opens and it hits you, you don't let it shut. And so I grab that door and I walk through that door in a dark hallway, walked down a hall, just walked around. The next door that I opened put me out at the stage right in this auditorium of a thousand people with a line outside five hours long. And I realized that the door that I had walked in uh, through and into this group is the line and the circle of the prayer team. And so what did that mean? Uh, I was now on the prayer team. I didn't have a badge, but I just kind of held you know, my hands in front of my shirt. And I stood in that spot for five hours. And it felt like 15 minutes, maybe 15 seconds. The presence and the power of God met us through authenticity, through humility, through humble hearts. It wasn't produced. It wasn't staged. There were no professionals It was an authentic move of God because hearts were turned to him. There's a picture I want you to see. It's the finger of God painting upon Hughes Auditorium. And and that is what this was. God chose to open heaven a little bit and just touch that space. And there are spaces and places around the world, around the country through the years that God has chosen to do this. But lean in and listen to this. Your heart can be that space today. Grab that. Your heart can be that space today where God reaches out, touches it, and says, I'm putting my spirit in there. There's a blogger friend of ours. His name is Kerry Newhoff, and I wrote down a quote that he shared just this week that I want to share with you. He said, seeing God move is as much about positioning as it is about anything. You can position yourself for what God might want to do, but you can't force it. You can open yourself, but you don't know the outcome until it happens. You can position yourself for a move of God, but you don't know what will happen. How is the state of your heart 
right now. You see, this move at Asbury, it could have been squelched. It could have been put out. But the hearts of this generation of young people are not only willing to say, yes, Lord, but open their hearts and in humble confession and worship and repentance and the reading of scripture, God chose to touch a place. How about your heart? How about you? Revival and a move of God is not marked by how long people stay in a place. It is marked by the position and the condition of one's heart. Will you be open to what God wants to do in you? Or will you be resistant and push him away? My call to us is that the same touch of God upon Asbury would be upon every one of our hearts and our city and our church and that we would be an ember of a flame. There's a map I want to see, want you to see. We'll put this up on the screen. People came to Asbury from all 50 states and other countries and they have returned. We have returned as embers in communities all over the world. There's nothing special about those who've been and those who are back. In fact, today, I think what you would hear us say is what is special is God. So what you've heard today is our witness. You've heard our testimony. You have a choice now. Will you be like I was and just observe from afar? Or will you get in the river? And will you experience what God has for you? Amen. Thank you, guys. So encouraging. God bless you. Now we have candidates for baptism this service. So if you're a candidate for baptism, make your way over to this corner over here. If you're family or friends, you want to be close to that action, feel free to join them there. As I mentioned earlier, we're baptizing 22 folks in our services today. And again, the kneeling rails are here. The altar is open. Please feel free to come. Would you stand with us as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism? Thank you.